Hello, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles podcast, where I interview a virtual CISO about their work and life. I'm your host, Caroline McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, which provides software to virtual CISOs that helps them grow and scale their businesses. As experts in this field, we have met hundreds of security consultants, and we keep our fingers on the pulse of the industry. My background is in law, with a focus on data privacy and cybersecurity, but I also have a long career working with startups. In fact, my parents had their own business, which is why I love learning about how people build businesses. So I started this podcast to feature interesting people in cybersecurity to talk about their passions, entrepreneurship, and business. If you don't know what a virtual CISO is, then these professionals are security experts who offer consulting services to companies. Sometimes they're referred to as fractional chief information security officers. Our guest today is Melissa Thornton. Thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here. This is exciting. I am really excited to talk to you and learn all about what you're up to. So for our listeners, can you please tell them a little bit about yourself, your background, and if you can throw something in there that isn't security related? Yes, I can certainly do that. Um, so what's not security? Okay, so first and foremost, I'm a mom. I'm a mom to a beautiful eight-year-old boy who is center stage in my life. Um, you know, being a mom has been one of the most amazing experiences in my life. You know, it's funny because I heard him say the other day to one of his buddies, um, he knows that I work in cybersecurity, and he said to another uh, kid, of another friend of his, and he said, mommy stops bad guys and hackers from breaking into computers. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those proud mommy thoughts, you know, yes. one of those proud mommy moments when, mm -hmm. you know, you're just saying, hey, I'm going to take this credit, you know, while he's young. He's like, he was saying it in a way that mommy does a job and she really saves he's, the world. Yeah, he's proud <laughs> so of that you. was, yeah, yeah. That's, that was really cute. Um, you know, in my spare time, when I'm not being a mom, I enjoy uh, riding my motorcycle. I've been riding oh, nice. for uh, well over 10 years, uh, you know, and despite all the risks, I just can't seem to get over the thrill of hopping on my bike and riding <laughs> around. So that's that's me on a personal level. From a career perspective, you know, I haven't had one of those traditional um, journeys, if you will. Okay. Um, my background has been quite diverse. I have over 20 years of business operations, technology, and security experience. Uh, early on, after graduating college, I spent uh, the better part of 10 years working for several Fortune 100 companies. Uh, I started as an IT uh, auditor. Uh, I went technical for a while. Uh, I was a network engineer, uh, progressed to a business analyst and a project manager. So working in a lot of different IT capacities and a number of different verticals. So uh, that was early career. In 2008, um, I left corporate America to take over the family business. Uh, and that was an executive level ground transportation service and logistics business. Hmm. Um, yeah, and under my leadership, we grew into a $5 million operation. Uh, we operated in over 550 cities worldwide. We had about 65 employees, two base stations or locations here in New York. And, you know, although I held the title of CEO, uh, I also led all IT and security initiatives for the business, um, never really veering away from my passion, which has always been technology and security. 
Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I think as any business owner will tell you that in order to survive and thrive, you need to be extremely resourceful. Uh, you know, as an Absolutely. owner, you have limited resources. Yeah. And you have to be able to wear many hats. And so although I was a CEO in title, I very much played the role of CISO, um, <clears throat> setting the vision, the mission and strategy for the company, but also making sure that technology and security uh, was front and center uh, on our roadmap. Um, so we... I, I yeah, go ahead. Did not mean to interrupt you at all. I, I just, no, I'm no, so okay. curious about this business. You said it was, it yeah. was a family owned business. So did you grow up yes. with entrepreneurship kind of part of your family life? Absolutely. We are all entrepreneurs. My brother, my parents, um, we were raised as entrepreneurs, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Starting something with having a seed idea in your mind and really watching it grow into something um useful and meaningful and so yeah i mean it's it's i, I guess that's why i started my own another business right Cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's in my blood i think yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's what it sounds like and also with that type of business uh a transportation company a, lo yeah. a lot of questions come to mind for me from a security standpoint but the the number one being you know the security the physical security uh, i imagine you you know your drivers and and that absolutely. being a big challenge, can you talk maybe a little bit about that? Because I think that's interesting. Abs yeah, absolutely. Um, so security was top of mind uh, for everything uh, that I really did. And, you know, I'll just take a step back and say that because I had a technology background, I really tried to differentiate our business by putting technology uh, really in the forefront of everything that we did. And by that, I mean, we were very early adopters uh, in having the ability for our clients to, you know, op you know, open up their phone, fire up an app and book a vehicle, no matter where they were in the world. Yeah. And of course, with that comes, you know, the privacy issues comes with security, making sure yeah. that, you know, our customer information uh, was being uh, safeguarded and protected uh, and that the, the privacy concerns were being addressed. And so, these things uh, were always top of mind, and, and, and these were projects that I consistently uh, led, um, and uh, it worked out well for us. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't help but think of that, right? Because, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I live in New York, too, and I, of course, I've taken, um, you know, transportation provided by a company, and I have been doing that for over a decade myself as well, mm -hmm. I mean. Two, two decades, probably, if I'm going to date myself. And the <laughs> like you just said, that privacy component yeah. of, you know where I live, you yes. know when I'm traveling. I mean, you Absolutely. know, so you know much a lot of things. About my, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, you really do. And you really get to know your clients uh, in a very intimate way, if you will, right? Because you're the person that's there at four or five or six o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, picking that person up. And keep in mind, the type of business that we operated really focused on providing white glove service, executive mm -hmm. level service. We weren't the Ubers of the world. Uh, so that yeah. being said, when we were doing business or bidding for contracts with the likes of Pepsi and IBM and things like that, you know, we needed to have certain controls in place. We needed to prove that you know, we were on top of our security game and took privacy and security 
practices uh, seriously. And, and so that's, so having the experience of being a CEO who mm-hmm. is the chief information security officer, you've yeah. done sort of what I think a lot of people who are security professionals would consider have the 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 dream CEO, right? Because you actually prioritize security and most security people just that's what they that's who they want to work with. They want to work with the C-suite who prioritizes security. And I'm just it's just such an amazing thought process in my head. And I'd love for you to expand on it a little bit more into how you worked with these large enterprises and you tied in not just the security, but also the privacy understanding of knowing where their employees were and and all this kind of stuff that we just talked about and and then brought that to your own consulting business? Yes. So I think that's a great question. I think that, um, you know, having, it's interesting because having, you know, an IT audit background, starting my career very early there, you know, I had controls and practices and processes in place. That was my, that's how I cut my chops. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when uh, having conversations uh, with these companies and going through the RFP process was very important um, to uh, prove to these organizations that, like I said, you know, we had the private, that we respected, we understood, and we were practicing these cybersecurity best practices. Um, to answer your other question, I think that having been a CEO has really helped me tremendously uh, as uh, owner of this company, Cybersecurity Advisory Group. And I think it's helped me to really uh, communicate with uh, understand uh, how to speak to stakeholders and board of directors. I understand what it's like to be a CEO. I understand what it's like to balance risks, okay? Uh, and a whole bunch of different things at one time. And so I think it's built a ton of credibility with my clients mm-hmm. um, because I've, I've, I can talk the talk and I've walked the walk. I've been a CEO of a $5 million business uh, not the largest in the world, but enough experience to say, hey, I understand where you're coming from. And most importantly, I understand how to translate cybersecurity risks into business risks in a way that makes them stand up, take a tech, uh, pay attention, and take action. Yeah. I, and I would. I would venture to guess also that you you have such great empathy for yes. the tug and and oh, yeah. you know pushes and pulls whatever you want to call whatever phrase I want to use absolutely um, it's the trials and tribulations yes it's uh, absolutely and I didn't mean to cut you off it's the trials and tribulations of running a business um, you know it's 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 having that uh, relatable experience. Uh, and again, it's just worked out quite well for me. So tell us about that decision. You know, you sold your company and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for it again. I'm going to start another company. <laughs> um, but this time be a, a consultant. So tell us that yeah. decision making process and how you got there. Yeah, sure. So I didn't uh, exactly go right into cybersecurity consulting. Um, let's see. I sold my business in 2019. 
yeah. and then I, through a network of uh, people um, here in Westchester, uh, let's see, yeah, I got offered to run a IT program uh, for a company here and did that. And not only did I build out the whole information security team, um, hiring people, uh, assembling processes and procedures and things of that nature, but I also got the opportunity to build out uh, a cybersecurity program or an information security program, uh, established governance. And so having done that for quite a number of years, um, I enjoyed it. It's thrilling, it's exciting. Um, it's ever-changing, it's evolving, and it's just something I'm, I'm quite good at. And so uh, over the summer last year, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the plunge and start my own company. Again, like I said, it's, it's in my blood. It's, it's something yep. that I just can't seem to pry myself away from. And so, <laughs> so far, yeah, it's, it's, it's worked out quite well. That's, that's great. So what do you think is the hardest part? about starting your own cybersecurity consulting business? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is really um, the planning, the business development that's required. Um, you know, if you don't have a customer base, if you don't have a portfolio of customers, you know, you really need to be able to uh, get out there and sell yourself. Um, and, and that's probably difficult for a lot of different people. Um, but fortunately enough, I've, I have a network uh, that I've been able to tap into. And um, that's, that's worked out good. Um, you know, that, that's, that's really what comes to mind for me. Yeah, is, is the time and effort required to do that. So setting aside dedicated time to work on the marketing and sales is sort of, if I could say it another way, do you think there's some sort of advice there that you would give to someone? I mean, you basically, you just said that it's having a network. And so I'm, I'm, I don't want to ignore the fact that you just said having a strong network is important, but if there's someone who's looking to start their own cybersecurity consulting business, would you give them any advice on sales and marketing? Yeah assuming that maybe they don't have a strong network. Right, right, right. Um, or maybe you, you know, you, you know, <laughs> I, I, so listen, it, it's hard. It, and, and a lot of people, even like myself, it's hard to get out there and sell yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't believe in the whole scare tactic either, you know, and, and that you should get, you know, customers for, you know, selling that, you know, it's doomsday. Um, you know, you have to have patience. Uh, it's really about educating you know, clients on the importance of having cybersecurity best practices in place without the scare tactic. Um, you know, I really think it's a long-term game. Um, I think it's about building trust with clients. Mm -hmm. And that's something that takes time. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, a lot of the work or growth that I've seen has really been fueled by word of mouth. So it's, you know what, I know someone I know Melissa Thornton, she does a great job. She puts her heart and soul into it and she'll do right by you. So I, I think those are the things that, you know, just keep at it, keep growing your network, keep talking to anybody and anybody you can talk to, uh, write articles, contribute, join podcasts, you know, everything. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is tough. Sorry about that. Um, so in um, one of the things you just said, so uh, you talked about selling yourself and not using scare tactics. Why are you, I, I'm just going to pick on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, why are you anti-using scare tactics? And what kind of scare tactics would you say you've seen that uh, make you think that they're a bad thing? I don't think it's authentic. I don't think it's necessary. I think, um, you know, if you can level with your customer and meet them where they are at their certain level of maturity, their cybersecurity maturity or risk tolerance level, I think is a better way. I think being able to show uh, the benefits, you know, of having a cybersecurity and how you can potentially uh, market your business or differentiate your business because you have you know, your proper controls in place. I think that's just a, a better, more straightforward way to approach uh, the topic. Yeah. All right. I mean, I yeah. completely agree with you, of course, but I uh, sometimes mm -hmm. I want to talk, ask questions that I think the listeners might find um, interesting. And so let me ask you this, what security is, like issues kept you most busy in 2022? Yeah, I think just like everyone else, uh, you know, everyone's been dealing with the rise of ransomware attacks. Um, I think that that's something, unfortunately, we're going to continue to have to deal with. Um, and again, I think it really comes down to the fundamentals, which is what I try to practice and talk to my clients about. It's really about, you know, building strong defenses around people, processes and technology. Yep. And and then looking forward, what sort of uh, trends do you think we're going to see in 2023, specifically in cybersecurity industry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said, it's unfortunately, it's going to be uh, more cyber attacks. They're going to be more frequent in nature and they're going to be more sophisticated. Um, and again, as we all know, they don't have um, one size business. They go after small and medium sized businesses and high target value companies and governments uh, just the same way. Um, you know, I would also say that we're gonna see more laws and regulations pertaining to cybersecurity, uh, particularly around breach and privacy and breach notification laws, which of course vary uh, state by state. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in particular, uh, we're expecting um, some updates from New York Department of Commerce on NYDFS Part 500. I think that's coming on or around July of this year. And that's going to have significant stringent, you know, cybersecurity relation, uh, regulations uh, for companies that uh, need to adhere to and follow, um, as well as the SEC and the FTC. So uh, there's a lot of different uh, regulations and laws that I think we need to be aware of and in compliance with. Yeah, you know, I mean, speaking of that, and I'm glad you brought up New York State, who is very active in um, putting together legislation as we speak. One of the laws that I think that people don't focus on too much is the New York Shield Act, which does require that businesses in New York State conduct cybersecurity due diligence on any of the vendors that they use. A lot of companies focus on CCPA, and I think that's because a lot of tech companies coming out of California. But, um, you know, I'm just kind of going off on a tangent a little bit, but I know I you're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, like New York is sometimes 
um, the laws aren't aren't as well known. And uh, I think that's a that's a problem that's going to come back at some point when New York State starts to really crack down on enforcement. <laughs> oh, agreed, uh, 100%. And unfortunately, that's really what it's going to take. I don't think that companies are really taking these New York uh, DFS in particular, uh, mm -hmm. taking it that very seriously. Um, but I think that once these fines and uh, you know penalties get levied um, more and more, uh, it's going to change the course of uh, companies and how they how they deal with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is there you know I like love to ask people on the podcast a sort of like what I call a pay it forward question. Is there any um, other con security consultant or person in cybersecurity that you think I should interview for this podcast that you'd recommend? Absolutely, I really would. I would like to recommend my colleague Dwayne Gran. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to tell you, he's incredible talented and professional uh, cybersecurity leader uh, who operates within our industry and has been associated with our industry for quite a number of years. Uh, I think he would make a great addition to your show. Awesome. I'll definitely reach out to him. And Melissa, thank you again so much for your My time. My pleasure. Thank you so Please. much. This was really fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I want you to tell listeners how they can find you because, you know, you never know where you're going to get your next customer from. So where can they find Absolutely. You? Thank you. So you can find Cybersecurity Advisory by going online to cyberadvisor.tech. Uh, also, you can feel free to contact me via LinkedIn. And uh, the company has a webpage as well as uh, just following me individually. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us today, Melissa Thornton. You can find all of our blogs and this podcast on our Substack at the Security Expert Marketplace. Thanks. Thank you.